Welcome to I Sell the Sign, a podcast about loving all parts of you the messy, the weird, the stubborn, the airy fairy, and creating a magical, joyful, wonderful, all around, full of miracles life here on earth. I'm Abby Hamble. And I'm Fallon Jay. And we're here to help you stop living life the hard way because all parts of you are welcome here. And we're leaving none of you behind. We, we love, love you. you. Let's get started. Let's get started. Right. Hello. Welcome this week to I Saw the Sign with Abby Hamble and myself, Alan Jay. And we are talking this morning about conscious motherhood, conscious parenthood, what that means, what that looks like. How do you begin to even step into the way that you parent your children, but also parent yourself and your own inner child? And we've already had discussion about it. And so we're going to dive right in. Because being yeah, a mother gonna... myself, this is something I practice with my little girl. Um, but really the way that it began for me, because I was thinking this morning was like, how did I even learn to parent this way? And, you know, cause I'll watch different clips online of like awakened parenthood or conscious parenthood or conscious motherhood. And I'm like, oh yeah, I do that. Oh, I do that. I do that. And I was like, how did I learn to do this? And I learned these techniques. I don't even know that they're techniques, but presence in motherhood through my own healing, through my own inner work. And it has made me a more aware, emotionally intelligent, grounded mother. I didn't read a ton of books about this. I learned this from learning to reparent my inner child. Well, I want to start off by saying, A, that that is beautiful. And you're one of my favorite people to watch for conscious parenting. And um, and we're recording this on February 15th, mm-hmm. which is my dad's birthday. So oh. shout out to my dad. What's up, Pops? Um, <laughs> but also, um, the day after I, I just announced that I'm... Um, having a little baby myself. So Fallon is about six years ahead of me in the parenthood game here. But um, I also want to point out that this is our first time recording live since what? September? Yeah. 2022. Yes. So we're coming at you. Prime, ready, just ready to get into it. Fired up. That's what we are. Fired up. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, But yeah, I would say the same. I haven't, I haven't been able to dive into, you know, I will be diving into that shortly. Um, The the motherhood aspect, but definitely, definitely the mothering of your inner child. I think that's where all of this work, I mean, all of this work really starts and it's really important because all of the things that we talk about, you know, when you have thoughts in your head and you have and you feel what those thoughts, you know, make you feel in your body. And it all goes back to how you're talking to yourself. And most of us, you know, if you haven't done a lot of this work, you might not have a very nice voice in your head, or you might have a voice that's telling you really sneaky things about what you should be or what you should look like or what you should be doing or who you should be. 
And what we're talking about today with the inner child is really how to start noticing what that voice sounds like, what the how it makes you feel, and and starting to talk to yourself differently. You know, talking to yourself as if you are talking to a child. Um, one of the examples I always think of is, you know, you when you think of somebody in your life who's really frustrating you or has done stuff to hurt you. And one of the easiest ways to find empathy for them or any kind of compassion is to imagine them as a child and how they must have picked up the beliefs or the things that are frustrating you now that, you know, they took on or learned when they were young to make them act this way now. And, you know, sometimes you got to dig deep to find that. That's I was just going to say, people. I was just going to say, I do love this analogy. And sometimes I want to throw rocks at it because mm-hmm. for just from a personal experience, you know, dealing and navigating, I should say with my, you know, my own experience. And I don't talk about it a lot. Actually, I don't ever talk about it publicly, um, but with my daughter's dad and yeah, that just gets to be challenging and a growth opportunity. And I could picture him a little boy all day long and my compassion is, can be difficult to find. And so I think with other people, it can be really easy. And so I think it's a really amazing practice to have. And I just want to also give us all permission that if you can't find it, it doesn't mean that you're not aware, conscious or doing your work. Some people, it just feels harder um, than others, but coming back to what you said about the inner child and speaking to yourself and the thoughts that are coming or the feelings that are coming up from the thoughts that you're having about the words that you're saying internally. Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about this, but the subconscious brain is related into the body, into our emotions. So this will also give you insight into those subconscious beliefs that you're carrying. And, you know, most of us in our generation, you know, I'm 40, almost 41 years old. I grew up with basically still a little bit more of the depression era type parenting of your grandparents, like kids should be seen and not heard. Why are you crying? There's no reason to be crying. Right. And so this shutdown of emotions. And so I think the best place to begin with kids and with, with your own conscious parenthood and motherhood journey is to allow the emotional self to be felt because kids can only speak through what they feel. And so something I often practice with my daughter, and this is what you can also start to practice with yourself, with the inner child is validating their experience first. Uh, How do you feel? Where do you feel that in your body? You know, like really getting them into their body as well as to what are you feeling? How does it feel? And they'll usually like, my daughter will give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. She'd be like, ah, ah. And what is it, where do you feel? And sometimes she'll say my chest or my whole body or, and then like, yeah, I would feel like that too. And so it's first validating. And there's a few misconceptions of out there that conscious parenthood is passive parenthood. And it's not what it is, is being the grounded presence for your child to have the experience they're having, but also direct them where you kind of need them to go. So it's like in the mornings, you know, like this morning, my daughter and I, she was 
mad because she couldn't play with her dolls. And I'm like, but we've got to get ready for school. So you can either brush your teeth or I can brush your teeth, but your teeth have got to get brushed. So it's like giving them, instead of going to the, you know, what's wrong with you? Quit crying. You don't know, you know, you can't play with your dolls. It's a school morning. Like, okay, I hear you. I don't like it when I can't do what I want either. I understand. And the dolls are going to be here when we get back from school. And right now the focus needs to be getting our teeth brushed. Do you want me to brush them or do you want to brush them? It's, it's still getting what needs to get done without being like, if you don't brush your teeth, you're not going to get that. You know, it's like really coming into, it is frustrating that she can't play with her dolls, (laughs) you know, and then letting her kind of have those emotions around it, but keeping grounded in yourself because another thing too and then I'll be quiet because <laughs> I feel, I know you have stuff to say. Um, I could feel, you know, we're trying to respect the quietness um, and the responses, but is I acknowledge to her how I feel. Mommy feels like I'm going to yell. Mommy doesn't want to yell. I want to help you get your teeth brushed so we can get to school on time because it feels so good to be on time. And you're not, you're not following through on one of the options I've given you. And I'm starting to feel like I want to yell and I would like to avoid that. And so she, you know, letting her see that I also have my emotions and that I'm also managing my emotions um, as the adult, which is my responsibility, but letting her in on that. Because usually with my child, if I tell her, I feel like I'm going to yell, like she knows, oh shit, I've probably pushed mom because mom doesn't yell. So she's telling me she's feeling it. Then I know I'm pushing up against the things. And so, I mean, that's a lot, but that's, where I really, that's where I really journey in the conscious parenthood is the first, the validation of the experience and then managing my own feelings around it as another human being, but as the mother. Yeah. And I love that because I mean, we, we all have our own experiences of, you know, remembering how our parents were with us and how we felt when they said or did something that made us feel invalid, like invalidated or that our feelings didn't matter. Or that we just had to like shut up and be quiet and like just suck it up or whatever. And the other thing I wanted to point out too is, or just bring to you, bring to the attention of the listeners is the, the language aspect of it. Like I love how you said, you know, instead of being like, we can't be late, you know, like we don't want to be late or like, you know, A, having like the anger, the urgency in your voice, but then the language of changing that from that to saying, doesn't it feel so good to be on time? Because I remember saying this to my sister, I think at one point who has four kids, um, the difference between positive suggestions and negative commands, because our brains don't understand the negatives. So if you hear, don't do something, your kid is just going to hear, do it. So if you're like, stop jumping on the couch. They're going to hear, jump on the couch (laughs) and they're going to keep doing it. And so instead of, you know, saying, you know, trying to direct them to not to do something, ask them what you want them to do. And like exactly what you're saying with Nova and doing that in a way that validates the experience, validates your own experience of how, like, it's hard to be a human sometimes. And we all have these feelings. And also, these are the things we need to do. So let's do them together and we can get it done together. Yeah. But yeah, so it's all of those things. It's the validation. It's the languaging. It's how you're, because language A, it's, I mean, it's so important. It's with how you speak to yourself and your inner child and your actual children. Yes. 
And, you know, I, I might've mentioned this before in another podcast episode, but if not starting to change the language around your own story and your own life will help. But I want to say that this is a practice I'm often reaching for. What is the alternative choice here of statements? So like I did a reel on, um, we can't be late to school. We've got to get, you know, like that versus doesn't it feel so good to be on time? You get to see your friends. You get to spend extra time with them. Listen, that is, that is work. So if this is not coming easy to you where you're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start. It is okay. I've been working at this. Like my daughter is six and a half. I've been working at this for a lot of years, not only with myself, but as a mother. So be really patient with yourself, but please know that the work works and it will pay off. Um, because where I started to was the redefinition of my childhood of, you know, my story when I first started therapy in my twenties was like, I was always such a scared little girl and, you know, I, there's many reasons behind that. Um, but while that was true, I had to change the narrative to what a brave little girl I was. So while there was a lot out of my control and I was alone a lot, yes, I was scared, but I was also brave. And so thinking of how to change your dialogue into the, like you're saying, like more the, the positive of getting your kids to kind of do more of what you want them to do versus what you don't want them to do. It's also the way in which we manifest, right? Like, I don't want this to happen. Our brains are going to cancel out the don't and put in, I want this to happen. So it's, you know, that's why it's so cool is when we practice it in one area of our life, it bleeds into all areas of our life, but changing to, I was such a brave little girl helped me begin to change my perspective on everything of like, how can I shift this to positive? Not because I'm abandoning any part of myself or any part of the truth that I was also a scared little girl, but because that story is not serving where I want to go. The story of scared little girls keeping me in like this space of how can I continue to validate myself and my fear as a scared little girl and therefore play small And how is my nervous system addicted to that story? And then how can I expand into more of actually claiming who the fuck I am? And that's a brave, strong little girl who grew up into a brave, strong, emotionally resilient woman and now parent. And so you can feel the difference in that. And that will start to shift also into the way that not only speak to yourself, but you speak to your loved ones and then you speak to your kids. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like, this is a practice we're talking about, you know, how you're speaking to yourself and how you're speaking to your kids. But really it's, I mean, how you speak to yourself, it just, it goes into everything. So if you learn how to, how to talk to yourself, how to look at your own stories and question your stories, like you're saying, and reframe them in a way that feels empowering and feels different in your body and then leads you to take different actions and, you know, leading to different results, then that's how things change in your relationship with yourself, with your, with your friendships, with your partnerships, with your children, like we're talking about. And the other thing I wanted to say is the duality of being human, that you can be a scared little girl, but you can also be brave and you can be those two things at the same time. Like those things are not mutually ex- exclusive. And so, you can be in any, I mean, in life, you can just be, you can be angry and you can still love somebody. 
And you can be angry and grateful. Yeah. Like you, yeah. We forget. Like we I can hold brought these. Up the, yes. We can hold both things. We can hold multiple things, not even both. We can hold many, many things at the same time. And all of them are valid. All of them are true. And, you know, they're usually and often all true at the same time. And doesn't yes. that make it exciting? Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> doesn't that make it exciting? Yeah. And, and, you know, you can refer back to our embodiment episode, but in order to like dance with duality, you can actually move it in your body to feel the quote unquote pain and pleasure at the same time so that you can actually see how you can become the watcher and the observer of what that is happening and, and moving through in your body. Um, and that was just like a little digress there, but one really big place to start is with the emotional body is again, going back to the validation, giving permission, but also giving the boundaries. Like, so if we're talking about with our kids, with conscious parenthood, so this morning, my daughter was really angry and she was mad at me. And I said, listen, it is okay that you're mad. Your anger is great. I'm like, I always give her permission to feel what she needs to feel because I suppressed and repressed my anger like crazy because it was, I didn't feel safe to be angry growing up. And so I became really pleasing. So with her, it's like, you can be angry. And I want you to think about, are you angry at mom because you couldn't play with the dolls or are you just angry and you want to put it on mom? And so I said, you know, I can handle, I can hold your anger, Nova. I love you. I can hold your anger and start to feel into if you're actually mad at mom, if you're just mad, because if you're just mad, then we can't put our anger onto other people. So I also teach her that, you know, like your emotions are absolutely okay and valid and they're not okay to give to others or put on others or blame others. We get to just know that we're emotional and I'm here and I've got you. And, and she was just like, you know, nodding, but usually she'll come back around and say, mom, I'm sorry. I wasn't mad at you. I was just mad. Or many times if she's frustrated, she'll, and it's cause it's creating this self-awareness too. She'll say, mom, I'm like, she's a generator. So she gets real like guttural in her sounds and she needs that. So she gets frustrated and I, and I say, are you okay? And she'll say, yes, I'm not frustrated at you, mom. I'm just frustrated with this. And I'm like, okay. Fair enough. I would feel frustrated too. So it's also teaching where those emotions are and welcoming them and not shutting them down, but how they can direct them and, and how to have permission. But you don't actually always have to find a cause for them. You know, like we're always so used to blaming or finding a reason to feel what we feel. And again, going back to human design briefly, I'm an emotional authority. She's an emotional authority. So it's a lot of like just giving permission to the emotions but we don't need to find a person, place, or thing to put them on. We just let them be what they are. <laughs> no, I love that. And I want to also point out with the emotions too, um, that emotions are a, like a guiding post for us and none of them are bad or wrong. And so again, with you in this example, validating to her that it's great. It's okay. It's great to be mad and let's talk about it and let's feel it and be mad and like let yourself express that because 
I mean, we all are going to experience all of the emotions, you know, all the time, sometimes all the time, every day. And, and that's not a bad thing. It's just like, okay, right now I'm angry. Let's look at this anger and cool. We're, we're angry right now. And it's great that we have this anger and we can let ourselves feel it. We can move it. We can then decide if we want to feel something different and then we can. And so just reminding you that none of that, none of that's bad. None of that. I mean, as we say in our, the beginning of every episode and the end of every episode, all parts of you are welcome. All emotions, all feelings, everything, everything is on the table here. Yes. And, and give, and giving yourself permission to actually, you know, scream and punch a pillow. Mm -hmm. And I let Nova do that too. I'm like, you know, she, so she now will scream in a pillow if she's got that energy to move. And I will tell you, it's not always easy as a mom to hold. Cause I'm like, I don't want to listen to, to you screaming in a pillow right now. And also mm-hmm. it's not about me right now because I am the adult. And so I've got to emotionally regulate myself, do my own emotional intelligence work so that she gets to close the emotional loop for herself. So she's not repeating the patterns that I had to as a child of repressing and suppressing, because you'll find with kids, when you let them close that emotional loop, then they're good. It's like the duck. Um, I think Eckhart Tolle talks about this. Like when the duck shakes, you know, they get in a duck gets in a fight and then they shake all the water and all the steam off their back. And then they're just floating back along being in the duck. It's because they mm-hmm. actually got to close out their, you know, I don't know that they have an emotional loop, but energetic loop of what that would feel like. And yeah, with yourself, giving yourself permission to experience what is here now, but in a way also that reminds yourself that it might not always be true. So I say that meaning our feelings aren't facts and you're, I am going to be the one person who's going to advocate for you to feel your feelings all day long, feel your feelings. Your emotions are like you said, guideposts, your emotions have secret messages in them. There's so much to them. And somebody who can get really caught up in the emotional roller coaster, I have to remind myself not from a gaslighting myself point, but where I'm like, And even though I feel like right now, everybody doesn't give a shit about me, right? Like I'll have these moments where I'm just like, I'm alone in Florida and I don't, my sisterhood lives all across the world, but not here in Florida, you know, these little victim rants that aren't, it doesn't mean it's true. So when you're in them, can you separate just a little micrometer of space of like, this feels true and I'm going to embody and feel this, but it doesn't mean it's the truth. And that's also something I am teaching Nova is like, it, that does feel true. Like, you know, I'm not good at math. That might feel true. Um, and I just watched you do four math problems. So it doesn't mean it's the truth, you know, and then same thing. And when I'm coaching in fitness, I had a woman come up last week, way heavier set and definitely, you know, really pushing through some harder stuff. And she said, I can't do push-ups." And I said, is it because you're hurt. You can't do them. Or you feel like you can't do them. She was like, no, I I just can't do them. And I said, okay, I understand. And I hear you. And I just watched you do two. And she's like, well, that's all I can do. And I said, so you can do them. You just can't do as many as you actually want to do. And I understand that. So let me give you some modifications so we can baby step up to three and then four. So it's, 
it's always coming back to, yes, I hear you that you feel this. And it doesn't always mean that it's true and do that for yourself and do that for your inner child. Like I put my hands on my body and my womb and I, in my heart too, cause I did a, I keep my little, when I was in the womb, she sits in my heart. So that's where I can really acknowledge the inner child that was back in my mother's womb who felt really unwanted. And I'm like, yeah, I know we felt so unwanted and I wanted you and God wanted you. And so it's remembering that just because I felt unwanted in my mother's womb does not mean that that was true. So really kind of dancing in that, like you said, the duality and the practice of, I mean, it's, it's one of the best gifts you can give yourself and those, everyone around you, in my opinion. Yeah. And this, this process of learning how to, and this is exactly what we're talking about. I mean, and this is really the work, the, I mean, actually, I, Byron Katie calls it the work literally, but, uh, but when you are questioning the thoughts in your head. And I mean, this is something that I have said a million times and say to clients all the time, just because you thought it doesn't make it true. Yes. Because we say shit to ourselves all the time. And just because it feels really true doesn't mean it is true. And so the more you can question, especially the sneaky thoughts that feel really true in your head, the more you can say, and even like as you are the tone of voice as you're talking to yourself, making it softer, making it as if you're talking to your little girl, your little Abby and your little Fallon and being like, I know that feels true, but what else might feel true? What might feel a little bit more true and or what could be more true and asking those questions. So you get to a thought that feels a little bit better and takes you in a different direction and starts to feel a little bit better in your body. And one of the things that for me, I find to be really helpful in the moments where, like we were saying before we started the recording, like we both have had a few days, a few days here that have felt particularly heavy and frustrating. And we're like, man, what a great time to talk about this topic because I can talk about, you know, mothering my own inner child, like definitely these past few days. And and you, I mean, with the examples that you've just been sharing and mothering your own inner child. But for me, something that's really helpful um, is closing my eyes and really picturing, like I have a very vivid picture of myself as a child. And it's one of my favorite pictures of me when I think I'm two or three and I'm wearing my favorite little off-the-shoulder dress and I'm like eating a white powdered donut, which I mean just really describes me if you know me. I just love donuts, <laughs> want to be eating them all the time. And you have them at your wedding. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> really just on brand. <laughs> and I um And I just like, I picture her, that little Abby, and I'm feeling, if I'm feeling stressed out or afraid or so frustrated, then I can just take a deep breath, close my eyes, picture her and go and just like sit with her on a bench or give her a hug, tell her everything's going to be okay. I just really feel that and feel myself 
giving her that comfort, giving myself that comfort. And this is something anybody can do. You can like any, and, and if you're not good at visualizing, you know, you can just like I, mine is based on an actual picture so I can see that. And then I can kind of bring that vision to life, but just, sorry, I'm out of breath because as I told you, <laughs> because you're pregnant, <laughs> because the baby, the baby it makes me out of breath if I talk for two hours. See, they start early. They just start taking and taking and taking. I'm just kidding. I'm like, God, why? I'm like, why am I breathing so heavy? <laughs> Oh, because you're uh, a child. I'm so excited. Yes. Yeah. And um, <laughs> to add to this, you can take a little picture of you and put it on your altar. A lot of people do this with their inner child. Um, I have also done many meditation meditations and visualizations with my teenager. I've done them with my 22-year-old self. I've done it. So I want to also share that your inner child can be up to yesterday. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, and, and I think uh, Viola Hug talked about this in a really cool way. She referred to it as like past consciousness. And I was like, oh, that also for me resonated because it sometimes I was like, well, my 32 year old didn't really feel like a child, but there was some stuff that happened that year that feels like she needs some reminders and love too. So, but when we're really looking at where the subconscious brain and beliefs were developed, it really is those first seven ish years. And so reminding yourself of how precious you are in that, you know, we have another episode where we talk about miracles and that we really are a miracle. And so I love, I also have a little picture. I'm sitting on a couch and I'm just, I was like a little round kid. So I had like a little round belly and little round cheeks. And I'm just sitting there. My mom cut my hair real short, like a little boy. And, but I just, I just, I just love that picture of myself. And it's such an eighties picture, you know, kind of tinted over with like the, the brown, like panel board walls and, but I'm just on the couch with my round little self. And I think I've got a bottle next to me or something and just, oh, she's so precious. And we forget that that is still who we are and that we get to really love and and grieve, you know, grieve what we didn't get as a child, because that's, I don't know where I heard this. Um, but it was like, it's sometimes it's not what your parents did do, but it's what your parents didn't do. And like really letting that land and what needs to be grieved there and holding her, like you said, holding her, there's been many times that I will literally rock myself as if I'm rocking her. And it's really me holding myself in my nervous system and holding those activations and triggers and pains and grievances and I'll rock and I will cry and I will act as if I'm still holding her because I am, because how could I not be if it's me? And I just want to, um, I just want to call out both of our moms for giving us terrible boy haircuts because (laughs) I also had one. (laughs) You have, we have to exchange pictures. In oh, the we picture, should share pictures. I also have a really short haircut. Uh, in fact, one time, one year, a few years ago, when I shared a picture of my siblings, my brother commented on it. Oh, look, it's Amanda and her three brothers. Because literally, <laughs> my oldest sister had long hair and the rest of us had boy cuts. I was with your 80s moms. Well, you were, well, that would have been early, ni- late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, early 90s, probably for me. 
Yeah, because I'm a, I'm, a t- I'm a smidge older than you, just a smidge. <laughs> oh, I love it. You're like, I'd like, I thought you were going to say something like, and I'd like to call out our moms for doing the best that they could. I mean that too, but also what was with the boycott? <laughs> and it might've just been the management. Cause like braiding my daughter's hair and I love it. And I, lo- and I love being a girl mom, like so, so, so much. I can't imagine it any other way. I just, I eat it up. I love, you know, she had crazy hair day last week. And so I got like crazy eyeshadow, bright colors and put in her hair and her braids. And I, love that I know how to do all that. And I love it. But there's also some days that I'm like, kid, we got to, bro- we actually, it's been three days since we've brushed your hair. <laughs> so <laughs> we actually have to like make it through these knots. Cause she's got curly hair. Um, but anyways, I digress. Uh, so it might've <laughs> just been that they were like, we don't have time for this shit. Let's <laughs> just chop it yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. I think that probably was the reasoning behind it. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I felt like it was maybe a good point to bring in a little bit of um, a little bit of levity because it can be it's a beautiful topic. And also it can be a little bit it can feel a little bit heavy. Yeah, just because it's it is work and beautiful work. And some of the most beautiful work you can do is holding yourself. Yes. And and holding your children and bringing levity to yeah. them, too, like. The other night, this, you know, like Abby has already mentioned, we, Abby and I have had a 72 hours, like uh, we could probably fill pages of what has occurred for us individually in the last two, three days. And all of you can relate to that. And so I was processing some really heavy things with my daughter um, cause her father and I have separated in the last couple of years and she, she was carrying, I could feel her carrying some emotions And she was worried about some things. And so, and specifically money, um, on with her dad and, um, cause some things that she heard. And so I validated her worry. And I also reminded her that the adults take care of, we're good. We're strong. We're big. We, you know, and God always provides. And then bringing in the levity, I was, you know, she loves this chocolate hummus, this boar's head chocolate hummus boar's head. If you'd like to sponsor us. Oh, it's so delicious. And so I'm like, but have you always had your chocolate hummus? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, and have you always gotten to t- go to Target and pick out your LOL dolls? Yeah. And then, so like bringing in levity too, for them to like validate, but also make it fun. You know, we get to shift the energy back into fun, back into lightness, back into helping not only ourselves, but our kids focus on what we really do have. Like what is actually here now? You really do have your chocolate hummus and your favorite gluten-free pretzels that you snack on all day, every day. And I probably <laughs> let you too much. And we've always gotten to go to Target and do our, you know, LOLs and, and for the kid and whatever it is for you, there's something that we ought, we often always get to do or be or experience. There's a consistency in everybody's life. We've just got to be willing to find it. You know, some of us more than others. Um, but finding like really those silver linings and bringing back and play and fun. And so then I'll, you know, I'll tickle her or I'll poke her, I'll tease her in a, in a fun way to get her back into her body in a way that feels good and light and laughter too. So I'm really glad that you brought that up because that is also a big part of what I do. Or when like this morning, when she was mad in the car, I was like, just gently like poking her leg behind me in her car seat. Like, I love you still. 
And you don't have like not even trying to get her out of her anger because I don't want to change her experience if that's what she most needs. But just to remember too that just because she's angry that I don't, she knows that mom doesn't isn't angry, that mom loves her, and that I'm waiting and willing to accept her wherever she's at and still to have fun, find the fun, you know, and that's something to talk a lot with her and with everybody, even my clients of like, what is the other option here? Because we actually do get to choose how we feel. We don't have to rush that, but like we get to choose our mood. If I'm waking up and I'm feeling anxious, I'm not going to try to change the experience before I kind of navigate what it is. But also my nervous system is really addicted to one belief or one way or multiple ways of being. It's up to me to decide different. It's up to me to change my state and change my mood to feel better. Bottom line, Mm -hmm. it is a choice. And with this, and I'm glad you brought that up because with uh, with this inner child work, with the parenting, all of it, there is the other the other side of it. That is, you know, especially thinking of kids. I mean, what did we do as kids that we don't do enough of now? And that's play. Mm. How can we play more? How can we? And what did you like to do as a kid? Like when I was little, I mean, not to brag. But I won a hula hooping contest and I was pretty good at it. And that was really fun. And I think about it now and I'm like, a hula hoop would actually be really fun. And I could get that. And it's like probably $10. And it's like something easy that you can do that can reconnect you with that part of yourself. And, you know, and maybe that's that or maybe that's just dancing around or maybe it's buying a really... You know, one thing I loved as a kid and my mom would always, you know, she brings this up a lot is that I loved dresses that had a big skirt that could twirl and they were called twirl dresses. Mm -hmm. And so I loved, and I mean, my wedding dress was a twirl dress. Mm -hmm. And so getting things that remind you of your childhood and letting yourself reconnect to those parts of you too and honoring those parts as well Mm -hmm. as, as well as, you know, holding yourself through the thing. But like indulging the play, indulging the childlike wonder and excitement and hope, you know, yeah. for the future and for your present, all of that. Yes. Yeah. And something I often guide my clients and I do myself is when you're in play with your children, envision your little child next to them that you're so that you're still giving to yourself, to your inner child the same time you're giving to your, you know, current child, because then we're giving ourselves more of what we potentially didn't get. Cause we often want to give our kids what we didn't have, you know? And so my, I, you know, I was very active. I was, gosh, I, I don't remember stopping as, as a kid. Um, and my family always jokes about that too. Like you were always like, look at me, let's do this. Can we play a game? Can we're going to go ride bikes? Can we do that? And it's like, that's so my kid. So we ride bikes and I will just drop into the fun of riding a bike with her on our little private road and genuinely enjoy it. Um, and we do dance parties. She loves dance. Guess what? So do I. I don't always feel like getting up and dancing with her. It's not like my adult self is like, I need to vacuum and I have these issues to do, especially on a single mom, like everything falls on me and that's okay. And it's a choice that I made and I would never change it. And I actually really love it. And I'm very happy and content. And some days there's a lot to fucking do. But when I just put the dishes down, I'm like, yes, baby, 
you know, let's turn, she'll say echo. Can you play whatever song she's into that day? And I'll dance with her. And it's usually like a song or two. And it's like, Oh, I needed that too. My inner child needed that. We needed that, that play. Um, cause that can bring the lightness and it always, you know, it raises your vibration too, which is, is never going to hurt, you know, yeah. ever. It's an, oh, you're always going to feel better afterwards. I was just saying that to Jameson the other day that I'm excited for, I'm excited for being a mother and for being a parent, because especially in the younger years where you can really indulge in all of that play and the innocence and the joy and the wonder and just be able to kind of be a little kid again and do all of that stuff with them and bring yourself down to that level and just meet them there and how fun that's going to be. And I know there's going to be a lot of other stuff that comes along with it, but I'm excited for that part a lot. Yeah, I like literally am like starting to tear up listening to you because I, I, I am like, I can't help it because yes, the other stuff, like I was, I was even, you know, voice memoing you last night. Like it's just a lot, it's a lot. And, and it's not that I'm ungrateful and I'm, but I still get to speak to when it feels heavy you know, cause I was telling Abby, like, I swear to God, motherhood is a series of like, just, I'm just sitting down to get back up and go do something for my child. And it's, it's like a, a joke that I've had for many, many years of like parenthood is you just sit down to get right back up. Um, and so I think speaking to the honesty of that, that it, it, it is a lot and you don't stop and you, and you don't have a lot of time for yourself and the knowing. And I think 99% of parents and mothers are going to agree. You wouldn't change it for the world. That's why I like tear up about it. Cause it's like, I would, I wouldn't change it. I don't, there's not enough money. There's nothing that you could ever offer me that would change me wanting to do exactly what I'm doing, even on the days that it's heavy. So I'm excited for you. And I always tell my friends who are having babies this, but the newborn days are magic. Like I, there's something about still that, not that we're not connected to God all the time, but you feel that magic, you know I mean? You were just a portal, right? Like they just came through your, from heaven into your body and you carried them and then they're here. There is a magic that is palpable when they, those newborn months that I'm grateful enough to have had the awareness to be in and appreciate because I, while I miss it, I was so in it that I'm like, good, you know, that I'm always like wanting to tell new parents like, oh my God, the new newborn days are magic. Like, yeah, you're not sleeping. There's all the other shit that, oh, they're so magic. It's just my favorite. Yeah. Motherhood is, I'm excited for you both because it is, I don't know. It's just so much, it is so much fun. And you, what I will say too, as we, I know we're, you know, starting to close out, but it will reveal to you your own deepest wounds because it, it it's going to bring up your own, your deepest shadows. Parenthood is not for the faint of heart, but it is, but it is absolutely a beautiful journey of also going deeper with into your own spiritual work, inner work, however you want to call it. And hiring a therapist, a guide, a mentor to do this with you is also, I always hundred percent going to recommend that for people that are like, I don't quite know where to start or this feels like a lot, or I don't know how to shift my language with my kid, reach out to Abby or I, schedule a session. Like, let's get, let's have somebody come in that has a different perspective than you to help you simplify some of the things that might feel heavy and hard, because I promise you it is 
a lot more simple than sometimes we make it. And sometimes we just need that other person to come in and help us see that. Yeah, absolutely. And we want to say that if you are a mother, we love you. And if you're not, we love you. you. (laughs) And if you're a boy listening, we love you. A lot. (laughs) We love you. And uh, this is such a fun episode. And I hope everybody enjoyed it. And if you have stories of your own inner child work, if you want to share anything with us, please do. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Um, yeah. Amazing. That is, that is it for yeah. today. Share, like, review, share with us. And then we were going to be sharing something with you all soon about creating a little maybe virtual meetup. We'll get details yes, out eventually. <laughs> one, one day. Soon. Um, but yeah, tag us in your stories. We want to hear from you, how this landed with you. And also, you know, where we can help or go deeper um, exactly. in this. So for all of you. And tell us what else you want to know. What do you want to learn about? What do you want to hear about? We are ready to talk about it. Yes, we are. And we will see you next week. We'll see you next week. Amazing.